AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the crop insurance industry. With increasing commodity prices, higher price volatility, and rising input costs, America's farmers and ranchers are relying on crop insurance more now than ever before to provide individualized protection and to secure operating loans. Protecting 256 million acres of farmland and 350 commodities across the U.S., crop insurance is the primary safety net for many farmers, enabling them to supply our country with food and fiber year after year. Crop insurance, providing peace of mind now and for the next generation of agriculture. And now, AgriPulse Open Mic. Dr. Ed Nippling, welcome to AgriPulse Open Mic. Thank you, Ken. Yes, pleased to visit with you today. I would say, first of all, that we have been a country that you have given us a great deal of insight to the smallest of farmers or the largest of agribusiness on what could be done that would increase productivity, increase profitability, increase health and wellness of our livestock and of our people. Uh, to me, the research service that you've led and others have led has played a huge role in American agriculture in the 20th century and the first part of the 21st century so far. As you look at where this research service has been, uh, I wonder if you could encapsulate what you think it's done for American agriculture. Well, certainly the uh, advances in the in the U.S. food and agricultural system uh, is largely based upon uh, technology advances um, that, that go back several hundred years for that for that matter, and the Agricultural Research Service is pleased to have been a, a part of that, although we've, we've only existed as an organization by our current name for the last 60 years. Um, our roots go all the way back to the beginning of the Department of Agriculture. Uh, in, in partnership with the um, with the land grant universities and other academic institutions, uh, the private sector, we were pleased to have played a role in helping advance uh, agricultural science and technology. With the private sector patenting more things and uh, having exclusive control of some technologies, has that made it more challenging for? public research to continue to keep up? Uh, no, not at all, Ken. Um, the private sector, of course, uh, does represent a very large segment of the total uh, agricultural research and technology development uh, system today, much more so than in the past. But uh, still, the private sector is highly dependent upon um, uh, proprietary value and proprietary products, and so there's still a, a very strong uh, public sector role both by the federal government and the, and the state governments, the universities and the like, to provide the foundational work that the private sector depends upon. It's certainly one of the most um, fundamental things we do in, in ARS is, is provide uh, germplasm resources, uh, plant, animal, microbial, other life forms, which uh, we, we maintain, preserve, and genetically improve that are in turn used by, 
by our private sector partners for their their development. That's one one example. Um, the private sector, of course, importantly plays a role in picking up public sector research to then further develop it, uh, commercialize it, market, and then actually that represents the delivery mechanism to the to the public. In other words, we we see the private sector is not only a a partner, but the true delivery mechanism of public sector research benefit to the to the consumer. May I ask you about uh, funding, which I'm sure has to be uh, center stage for you a lot of the time to keep your people uh, gainfully employed and to keep research coming forward. Is it more of a challenge today than it was in the past, or has it always been challenging? Well, it's always been a challenge uh, in, in many respects. Uh, researchers and scientists always want and need more and strive for more. We uh, we have had uh, some some challenging, difficult uh, years here uh, currently, and in the past several years, we've we've actually. Uh, experienced uh, over the last three fiscal years, in, including the current one, uh, about a 16% reduction in our agency uh, as a result of being caught up in the the whole uh, system of national deficit reduction and sequestration and, and rescission and so forth. Um, but nevertheless, we're a very, very sound uh, organization. We have... Uh, an appropriated budget of about one billion dollars, and most of that, seventy percent of that, actually goes to to support the salaries of our scientists. Another another twenty percent to the to support their their research operations, and we we're very lean in terms of overhead uh, uh, management, program management, administrative management. Only about the nine to ten percent level. So we have uh, sought to economize where we can and get the most value for the dollar and and sustain our program as we as we weather this uncertain time. I think I think the outlook ahead is actually uh, um, somewhat somewhat better if we can just get through these ad- additional lean times. Do you find that uh, there is room for ARS? to work with other government agencies crossing over into other departments for mutual benefit and uh, potentially uh, cost savings as well? Uh, very much so, and um, we're in- giving in- increased attention to these these uh, partnerships within the federal government, within within USDA as well as with other agencies outside of USDA. We've actually had very long-standing uh, relationships with them. One of our principal roles within USDA is as the science agency, the internal or in-house science agency, is is to support the other USDA agencies that, that don't conduct research but, but nevertheless need science and technology to carry out their their programs uh, uh, prominent among these these partner agencies within USDA are the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, the, the Food Safety Inspection Service, the, the Natural Resource Conservation Service. They're they're very reliant upon ARS Science and Technology to carry out their programs. 
in the in the research arena, we we partner with our sister agency, the National Institute of Food and Agriculture, which is which is the extramural funding agency of of USDA, providing grants and other funds to the mainly to the university sector. So we we partner together, plan together, and, and complement each other on our on our research programs um, at, at the research performing level. Those ARS scientists and university scientists that get that get USDA grants uh, often work together on joint projects. Most of our ARS laboratories are co-located with the land grant universities, so we've had this this partnership uh, throughout our entire history. Could I ask you a final thing and broad-based, but from your unique position as the administrator of the Agricultural Research Service and looking forward to that 2050 potential for us to have several billion more people on this planet, do you think that what we've set in place now as research and productivity is enough to keep up to be able to have that future generation as well-fed as we are? I think uh, ARS and our and our partners in the universities and the private sector are very well positioned to successfully uh, uh, reach reach these goals. Uh, that is to meet the food demands of uh, of the growing world population, or or develop the technology to enable others. And it's again, we're very reliant upon producers in the private sector that to actually deliver these goods but we we're very well positioned to provide the enabling technology for for the system to to feed the world I believe it it is important that we continue to invest now um, in agricultural science to to be able to meet those targets um, the work we do today the new research probably won't come out of the pipeline in terms of technology developments for the next 5 to 10 to 15 years so to be to be ready 20 30 40 years from now it's, it's essential that we sustain our investments and enhance them when we can right right now at this time is there any caution you would offer as you uh, step out of your role to your future administrators or others of your concerns of what it will take to keep things on track in the future? Well, I would certainly um, advise uh, to maintain uh, an optimistic outlook in spite of challenging times. Um, as we look look back over our history and my own, as I look back over my own 46-year career with, with USDA, I've, I've seen a lot of changes, ups and downs. I've seen a lot of changes in uh, organizational structures and and workforce and leadership and policies and operations and, and specific priorities. Tremendous change in the tools that we that we now have today to, to carry out our work. But but what hasn't changed is our just our fundamental mission. Our our mission today of ever improving. Uh, Agricultural science and technology is is the same as when the agency started, or even even when the Department of Agriculture started 150 years ago. So I think keeping that 
that target in mind, those goals in mind, in, in spite of all the other changes that occur, would be kind of the parting guidance and advice I would give to uh, my successors and, and to all in the agency. Well, Dr. Nippling, for your 46 years of work, uh, thank you very much for your service to American agriculture and to this country, and thank you very much for being our guest on AgriPulse Open Mic. It's been my pleasure, Ken. Thank you. AgriPulse Open Mic has been brought to you by the crop insurance industry, providing peace of mind now and for the next generation of agriculture. I'm Ken Root.